This podcast contains content and language not suitable for some listeners. Welcome to Oddities and Curiosities, a podcast about murder, the paranormal, and other oddities sure to pique your curiosity. We are Amanda and Brittany. Hello. Hi, dear. How you doing, love? I'm A-okay. Are you? Mm. Yeah, I'm A-okay. <laughs> <laughs> Did you believe me? <laughs> For a second. But I know you so uh, personally, so <laughs> I know that there's that's a loaded question, but we can fake the funk, right? Yeah. Fake, fake it until we make funk. it. <laughs> fake the funk. That's a new one for me. Yeah. Okay. We'll fake the okay. funk. Okay. I may have just revealed my age a little bit then. Um, okay. So it is episode 60. The big 60. The big... Okay. What, is that not a thing? I, no, it's not. But I think 60 needs a little bit more credit. Okay. I called it the big 6-0. What, yeah. what else do you want from me? I mean, <laughs> I, is there a 60th birthday thing at Party City? I don't know if I've ever... It's definitely somewhere around the over the hill section. <laughs> it's definitely around that area. <laughs> Double flip off. Yeah. But... Since we're talking about our podcast, I will take that as an accomplishment. Yes. Yeah. That's what that is. Because it is an accomplishment. Mm-hmm. 100%. Anywho, so the topic, music made me do it. Mm-hmm. Totally. It was totally the music. It was totally the music's fault. Not because I'm a psychomaniac. <laughs> <laughs> the music told me to. That's not the reason. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. For realsies. Not at all. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, we are celebrating our episode 60. Yes. On... Apparently. Hump day. We just decided that, because it's hump day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And on this very fine hump day, Mm -hmm. Amanda has provided us with a hump day treat. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 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 So, I went to my thrifty liquor after we did our 5,000-hour workout today. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> it felt like a 5,000 hour workout But it was good, it's fine Anyways, so I had something else in mind Because I was like, oh this is kind of badass But this just seems to be a reoccurring event After listening to the past few episodes We're like, you know what, fuck this week We just needed to drink mm-hmm. So it is what it is now But we decided today that we wanted to get a little bit tipsy So the first drink I had picked out was really freaking cool. It's gorgeous. We're going to save it and put it in our back pocket for a later episode. But it was only 6% alcohol. Okay? So that one got vetoed today. Yep. So I was walking around the wine aisle. And I see this bottle. And it says Band of Roses. And it has a drum set on the front. Did you touch my drum set? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go upstairs and put my nutsack on your fucking drum set. I love that. Love it. Okay, sorry. Yeah, drum set. Yeah, it's got a drum set on it. So I was like, yeah. And it said 1369. I'm like, well, those are two fabulous numbers. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to get it. So that's what we got. And I thawed out some chocolate-covered strawberries that I got from Sam's. Mm-hmm. They came in a bag. They're delightful. Um, They're really, really good. 
Amanda learned to let him thaw out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I just wanted it so bad. I wasn't even uh, thinking. That's what she said. <laughs> and I popped it in my mouth. And it was too hard. And it just keeps going. It just keeps going. It just keeps going. Um, this is the joke that never <laughs> ends. <laughs> and then it was really cold on my teeth, so I just cleaned it out. <laughs> Nobody likes a spitter. Nobody likes a spitter, Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> I have failed for the day. <laughs> Anyways, but now they're thawed out and they're fabulous. Um, so good. Goes good with, with the wine, definitely. Right. I feel like pretty woman. <laughs> you have to take a bite of the strawberries. It really compliments the wine. <laughs> exactly. The champagne. Oh, yeah. Richard Gere said so, so mm-hmm. it's true. If he said it, it's true. It's, it's so true. Mm-hmm. But the wine is a rosé. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little dry. It's a dry rosé. It's still pretty good, though. It's, once you... I powered through it. Once you take the first two sips and realize <laughs> this this is what's going to happen, you, I mean, you get into it. You don't hate it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And the bottle's super cute. I, I'd drink it, it again. It is cute. Look, it's just black and white, and I have the urge, and I may do it. Get out my markers. Okay, it's my kids' markers, but whatever. They're fabulous. I spent a lot of fucking money on those. Um, so you can use them. So I can use them. Mm-hmm. And I really want to color in the drum set with, like, the tie-dye pattern that I used to do, like, a couple years ago back in high school. <laughs> like yesterday. <laughs> yeah. And then... In um, third period. <laughs> maybe, like, a rainbow swirly pattern behind it. I'm here for that. I, I might do it. Color the bottle. Color the bottle. Color the bottle. Okay. It's like a coloring book for adults. <gasps> Those are a thing and I love Shit, them. Shit, TM, TM, TM. Wine bottles that you can color. <gasps> I'm here for that. Mm. We're going to be millionaires. Yep. Mm-hmm. You can't steal it. I TM'd no. it. Yep. It's totes ours. Well, it's totes Amanda's, but I'm, I'm no, piggybacking you, you, it. You, you, I'm piggybacking <laughs> it. <laughs> My bullshit is your bullshit, and your bullshit <laughs> is my bullshit. We are in this shit together. Mm-hmm. This has been declared. It has been declared. Speaking of declaring, I do declare that uh, you go to the socials. <laughs> How come when you said that, all I can see is... Scarlet? No. <laughs> no. I see the office. No! <laughs> when, they, when they're doing their murder mystery game. <gasps> oh, I forgot about that. Oh, <laughs> score, score. I became the office for a second. I channeled it. It's great. I didn't mm-hmm. even know it. <laughs> you can be voodoo mama juju. <laughs> I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So go to the socials. The uh, episode pictures are pinned at the top for y'all very conveniently. Mm-hmm. Easy to find. You're welcome. Also, on Mondays, we post little teasers. Monday Mind Teasers. Monday Mind Teasers. And let y'all take a gander at maybe what the f- topic may be. Mm-hmm. You don't really win anything, but um, you it's get, fun. You get bragging rights. You get bragging rights. That's a thing. And they're pretty funny. Mm-hmm. And this, I do post another one that gets a little bit more detailed. So even if you don't get it on the first one, it's okay. It's kind of fun. There's yeah. there's more people participating in it. So I was like, you know what? Maybe I should call attention to this. Yes. Th- this little thing that I do. It's fun times. Yeah. We like doing that. 
So go do those on Mondays and on Tuesdays as well. And then Wednesdays our episode comes out. Mm-hmm. So that's when we post the photos. Yeah. And then there's other shenanigans in between. Always. And Always then after that, we post funny shit about the episodes. Yeah. So so go do that. Go yeah. to the socials. Mm-hmm. Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Both of those. Oh, and Twitter. Yeah. I'm still doing Twitter. And I don't know. also, yeah. go rate and review. Oh, we love the rate and reviews. Do that. Recently, we've had some constructive criticism on a review. Okay, look. We're about to get serious. Yeah. For, just, for just a minute. Serious for a moment. And we appreciate that. Yes. So we just wanted to address a couple of things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we make jokes and we laugh and we giggle. But we talk about some really difficult shit. And we research to it all. Extreme. Yeah, we research it all week. Yes. And then we have to come in here and make it entertaining for you guys. And sometimes that's hard to have to read those horrible things over and over again. So there's some nervous laughter and possibly some inappropriate jokes that are never meant to be disrespectful in any at all in any way to any victims. We would never ever victim shame. We mean it in the utmost respect. Like Brittany said, these topics are very hard. We're just trying to make it a little more palatable. Mm-hmm. And that can be nerve-wracking, and we get nervous, and we may say something that later we're like, damn, wish I wouldn't have said that. Right. You know, so... But we're human, too. Yes, we make mistakes, and just know that we come at everything with the best of intentions. And with the utmost respect. Yes. We so, really do try to keep it decent, I know at first maybe we have, we posted a little bit more vulgar photos, but we we are learning we, we and growing it in a little bit. Yes, we're learning and growing um, just like Google's everybody a else. Thing. Mm-hmm. And if you want to go see that, that is perfectly fine because I do enjoy some of those mm-hmm. as well because I am so curious. Because look, the world sucks and it's out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do try to make light of it because. We feel like it's stuff that should be brought to light. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could change some things. We do tend to get a little descriptive about the people that we're talking about. We are doing that for you guys because we know it's not always, you're convenient. not always, yeah, it's not always convenient. You're not always in a place where you can look at pictures while you're listening to the episode. Right. So we try to be descriptive for you. So, you can kind of visualize what we're talking about if you can't look at the pictures at the time. Because if you're driving down the road, please don't look at your phone. Yeah, don't do not do that. Um, if, if you're, you're at, work, at work, don't, don't pull your phone out yeah. and get in trouble by your boss. Yeah, don't do that. We're, that we do it for you. Yeah. so You can always go back later mm-hmm. and be like, oh, yeah, they're right. Or, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you know. we're always we right. right. <laughs> um, <laughs> we just do that. I know sometimes we tend to ramble when we do that, but that's obviously that's what we do. We nervous, yeah, we nervously ramble. Hi. Um, um, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we do appreciate all of the reviews. Yes. And we do appreciate the constructive criticism. And, and it was respectfully done. Yes. So if you still happen to be listening, thank you. Very much appreciated. Yes. If you haven't given us a review, um, at least go rate. Yeah. We want to grow. That helps the podcast grow. Share us with all the people that have anything that has a pulse, really. Your work friends, your mailman, your hairdresser. Yeah. 
you know, all those all of those. Your cashier at Thrifty Liquor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totes leaving some business cards. Yeah. Got to do that. Um, but yeah, so now that we've gotten um, business all the way. Yes. Let's get to our cases. Okay. Let's let's do that. So. Are you ready? Um, oh, trigger warning. For both of our cases, let's just go ahead and throw this out here right now. Mm. Trigger warning on mine because mine is, it's school violence. It's not a shooting, but it's school violence. And it is from one child to to other children yes. or adolescents. They're not really little uh, teenagers. But, um, you know, so trigger warning for that. <laughs> and Amanda, take and it away. <laughs> for mine as well, mine deals with some intense racism, but I have PG'd it as much as possible because it disgusts me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, grow up people, move on. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. But I, I'm going to be as sensitive as possible. Yes. Yeah, because it's with the utmost respect, mm-hmm. as said before. But it, it is something we really do every episode. Oh, you got a two. I tried to pick up a little tiny strawberry. Mm, you you got two just to eat real quick before I start my case, mm-hmm. and I got a two for one. Mm-hmm. I told you they were good. There's white chocolate in there too. I know, Sam's. It's milk chocolate, mm-hmm. then white chocolate, mm-hmm. and then a strawberry. And the strawberry doesn't taste like the fake strawberry shit. Nope. It's it's great. It's juicy. It's juicy. It's juicy. All right. Well, music made me do it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just heard Missy Elliott. What music part? made me lose control. control. <laughs> it was the mix between that and this is how we do it. But I was like, no, we've sang that a lot. <laughs> we do. It's a good one. Yeah. Mine has lots of names. Lots of names. You got lots of photos, too. These names are hard. Words are hard. Words are hard. What are words, anyways? Yes. I'm going to do my best. Stay with me here. I'm here for it. Okay. So, okay. my case is, I think it's Morny. Mornay. 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 Ooh, Mornay. It's Mornay because <laughs> yeah. there's a little whoop. Oh, okay. What's the, what's the whoop called? I don't, don't, don't put me on the spot. It looks like a French whoop. The, uh, the little whoop. The accent. Is it an accent mark? Yes. Accent mark, yeah. Mornay harms, blames Slipknot. Cue badass Slipknot music. Okay, moving on. Okay. I mean, um, yeah, okay. (laughs) The Nick Diedrich's technical high school attack happened on August 17th, 2008 in Krugersdorp, South Africa. A moment to laugh at Krugersdorp. <laughs> While I'm sure that's a very respectable town. <laughs> okay, you didn't interrupt my swallow, but you interrupted my vape. <laughs> Imps. Imps, my bad. Uh, okay, alright. I'm soaking it in, it's fine. <laughs> Krugersdorp. Okay. Okay. Then, 18-year-old 12th grade student Mornay Harms attacked four people with a samurai sword. Oh. Harms was reported to have followed the practice of Satanism. He had a mask that resembled one of the members of the American heavy metal band Slipknot, 
and had worn a dress similar to the band's drummer, Joey Jordison, on the morning of the attack. He had been listening to the band for months before the day of the attack. Look, you do you, boo, with your fashion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you do you, but no. <laughs> no. Depends on how far you go with it. <laughs> Around 7 a.m., Harms arrived at school in his school uniform wearing okay. a brown mask with black paint on his face. Oh, no. So. There's a photo. Go ahead and go to the picture, and it says with mask. Oh, shit. And so this is a picture of him in his school uniform with his bag slung over his shoulder. With, He's got the satchel, like mm-hmm. totally preppy, except for. Except the for the mask. Chin up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. The, yeah, homemade mask, may, may I add. Paper mache. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All I can hear is wine and crime. I know. mache. <laughs> the mask was reported to be an imitation of the one Slipknot lead vocalist Corey Taylor wears, which Harms had referred to as, quote unquote, maggot mask. Gross. Yeah. But the media claimed that it resembled Joey Jordison's own mask and not Taylor's. I'm going to be honest. I love Slipknot. Have no idea who's who. I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, it's a mask that one of the members wears. Okay. Who's to say who it is? Well, <laughs> then that doesn't make me feel so bad for not knowing who's who. Because if you don't know who's no. who, so then if I'm some, okay. If some bigger Slipknot fan knows who's who, please tell me. And don't hate. Yeah. <laughs> and please still be nice to me. <laughs> Two other masks were found in his bag. A clown mask from a Hollywood costume store and a handmade paper mache with drilled holes painted with tribal marks. Okay. Three samurai swords were also found in his bag, which included a Sakizo ninja sword and a small katana. Ooh, katana. So go back to the photos again. Yes. And look at the picture that says weapons because (sighs) that was the contents of his bag. So we got some swords and chip and we got some masks. Oh, um, oh my God. Yeah, that, that's what was in his bag. Um, How'd you get into school like that, buddy? The masks are very, like, extravagant. Um, it was creative. Uh, I mean, you did good. I give an A plus for but, that. They're very well done. But, oh. How the God. shit did he get swords into school? Look at the katana. But how the shit did he get the swords into school? What year was this? 2008. Uh, you know what? Good question. I don't know. Good question. How'd you do it? Okay. I guess this is South Africa, so maybe they're... Oh, oh I forgot Maybe it's that. a little bit, you know... In Kruger's... Kruger's Dorp. 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 <laughs> Almost said droop. <laughs> I forgot for a second. But, um, you know, their rules are different probably than ours. Maybe. maybe. I don't know. I mean, it weapons and swords may be a thing to fight off lions and tigers and Bears. This is South Africa. They're not. In, <laughs> he's not in the Sahara. <laughs> <laughs> he's not in the Sahara. <laughs> and no, just I'm saying the security procedures at school may be a little bit different than, you know, how schools here. A lot of times you have to walk through metal detectors and they search your bags. And... Yeah, I know. I was just trying to rationalize why he may have three ninja swords. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> and have been allowed to walk through the door with it. Okay. It's an anomaly. I don't know. I don't know. No, we'll never know. Yeah. At about 7.20 a.m. during an assembly, Harms took out his samurai sword and slashed 16-year-old Jacques Pretorius's neck, causing him to die immediately. Jesus. I have a picture of Jacques. 
Okay. Sadly, the only picture I could find was at his funeral. It's a picture of him on top of his casket. Okay. It's sad. It's real sad. This, oh. This poor sweet baby angel. Oh, look how cute he is. I know. And there's gorgeous flowers all around. Like. Oh, oh yeah. I hate this. I hate it. Okay. So. Okay. Harms then walked down a hallway and slash 17-year-old Stefan Bauer on the head and was immediately confronted by two school groundskeepers, Joseph Kottasang. Yeah. And Simon <laughs> Menamella. Yeah. Menamella. Menamella. I like it. Who were both slashed and injured. All three were taken to the hospital. So first. Oh, um, live? Yeah. First look oh. at the picture of Stefan. Okay. Okay. His his little head's all wrapped up. He got sliced in the head. Oh. Oh. Yeah. He's got oh, those bandages. Oh, he's got one hell of a bump going. Yeah. He's got bandages all over his little head. But yes, he survived. And then the two groundskeepers, they survived also. And it looks like a picture of them maybe talking to the media. But this dude has has a scar. He's showing his scar. I don't I don't know which one's which. Okay. Um, I don't know who's who, but Oh. Yeah. He's got a Bro, scar like right that, that was almost your temple. That could have been right in front of his ear. He's got this big scar and I mean, the other the other guy, you can't see where his injuries were because this looks, I mean, obviously, if it's a scar, it's after the fact. But, yeah. He this could have been just a cousin as a bystander in the interview as well. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. But that's the only picture I could find of them, so. Ooh. Oh, God, that could have easily has been his neck as well. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Harmsey's attack was over when he sat down on a brick wall and stuck the sword in the ground, which was grabbed by his younger brother, Cornay, Cornay, Corny, his cone. <laughs> the people in my life with this corn video, I'm over it. I'm over it. Who was standing nearby? Cornay was standing nearby. <laughs> At about 7.45 a.m., Harmsey was escorted to the principal's office and 15 minutes later was arrested by police without incident. He was temporarily held in the custody of the Krugersdorp Police Station. I, I love the name. It's okay. It's, so it's so much fun. But this thing here is so odd to me that he just goes and sits on a brick wall, stabs a sword in, his ground, in the ground. His little brother just sashays up and picks it up and they're like, we're taking you to the principal's office. And then he just goes to jail. It's just all very um, anticlimactic after the sword slashing. Like, hmm. that's that's odd to me. It is odd. Like, you're on, you but. are in enough of a rage to bring swords to school. Right. And just start slashing people. And then you're just like, oh, well, I'm just going to rest here. I think I'm good. I mean, he doesn't try to run. He doesn't try to hurt anyone else. He just sits there. Like, that's just, I don't know. Maybe he had a moment of, like, okay. Oh, um, maybe some clarity. Maybe, maybe some right, clarity. Uh, that, that just happened. Not getting out of that. And after all of his adrenaline wore off, he may have been physically exhausted. Maybe. I'm going to the scientific nursing side of myself. Maybe so. Kind of like when your body goes into shock or like after you've had a blackout or whatever, he kind of sat down and went, okay. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah. 
Maybe you know? he just didn't have any fight or flight in him. He was just freezing. Right. Okay. I can see that. Okay. I, I mean, I think if it was me, I would run away, but. <laughs> I, I don't know. If I had my moment of clarity, I'd be like, oh, fuck, and then take off. I mean, I I would think that, but you never know. That's true. Until you're put in that situation, and that applies to a lot. That's true. Mm-hmm. All right, well. The human brain is a um, vast. <laughs> it's an odd thing. Uh, it's an oddball. <laughs> wow, it can do a lot. So, I, I don't know. Eat a strawberry. I just got a little piece of the stray chocolate. I just needed some stray chocolate. I love that I dumped the bag out and there's mm-hmm. like little pieces. That was wise because I've just been eating the stray chocolate off the mm-hmm. side. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> On August 20th, 2008, Harms, now known as the Samurai Killer, for <gasps> obvious reasons, was charged with one count of murder and three counts of attempted murder at the Krugersdorp Magistrates Court. He was later sent to the... <sighs> Damn it. Stirk Fontaine... Yeah, I did that shit. Stirk Fontaine. Stirk Fontaine. I'm going with teen. Teen. Because that's what I said the first well, I time. Thinking, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to overcomplicate things. Psychiatric <laughs> hospital <laughs> for mental health evaluation. Why did you say it like that? Because <laughs> I wasn't going to try to say the word again. <laughs> on October 25th, after two months of mental health evaluation and two postponements of the court date, Harms was ruled to be mentally fit to stand trial. Really? Yeah. Okay. I have a picture of him at court. All right. It says court. Oh. Oh. So here he is without the mask on. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks very I'm, somber. I'm not a professional, but I'm going to say this kid needs some help. How can you tell that by that picture? He just looks very somber. He's in court. Okay. One thing I was taught way back in eighth grade advanced art. This is stuck in with art me. art class? Yes. This has stuck with me for a very long time. My art teacher was like the shit. Okay. She said, if you need to get the true emotion of a painting that you're trying to do of a person, she said, cover it up and only reveal their eyes. What do their eyes say? If you do that to him, he looks sad. He looks sad, but there's also some unhealthy things going on there. He just looks like a sad, scared little boy to me. Like, that's why I said he needs help. Like, I I really think that he's one of the people that should have been put in therapy. Well, we're not done with the story yet. I know. But anyways, just a little insight. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The case was transferred to the South... Gautang? Yeah. High Court in Johannesburg <laughs> for trial. Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang. <laughs> <laughs> on April 14th, 2009, Harms pleaded guilty to all four charges, and on October 10th, he was sentenced to 20 years in prison. The reason behind the attack has not been revealed. Ooh. We don't know. In the aftermath of the attacks, blame was put on Satanism since Harms took an interest. Mm-hmm. Which, of course... Uh, Mm-hmm. We've touched on this before, where just because someone does something wrong mm-hmm. does not mean that it is Satanism. 
Just because they may have researched the topic doesn't mean that they believe in it. Maybe they just want to know more about it. And even if they do, even if that is their thing, it's still not a religion where people just go slicing people with samurai swords. No, because there are many different aspects of it. So yep. we're just going to leave that there. Mm -hmm. Harms claimed that Satan had told him to do it and that he followed the practice of Satanism. When police executed a search in Harms' room... They found, quote, disturbing elements of Satanism. <laughs> here's here's what these disturbing <laughs> elements were, you guys. Okay. That included Ouija boards and spell books. Well, we're fucked. Mm-hmm. Okay. A close friend of Harms told police and news reporters that he did not recognize him the day of the attack and that he looked like he was on drugs, even though he tested negative for illegal substances during the investigation. Chemical imbalance. So he was probably in some sort of trance. Right. Some sort of blinded rage. Yes. Yeah. Slipknot was also blamed for the attacks as Harms had obtained masks resembling those of the band members and was reportedly listening to the band extensively months before. Okay. So here, just so you guys can see, if you don't know what they look like, here's a picture of the band. Here's Slipknot. Yes. In all its glory. In all its masked glory. Okay. I can understand where this would be intimidating to people that do not know the real people behind the masks. Well, it's just the type of music. It's it's, it's the just type of music. it's a costume. It's a costume. But they're actually really cool people most of the time. Oh, I was going to say how do you know? <laughs> well, they might be assholes. We don't know. Yeah, but usually these type of people are like, "Okay, they're my people." <laughs> I love you. You're so pretty. <laughs> Like people judge tattooed people. That's true. They do. Mm -hmm. I get judged all the time. Yeah. And you're one of the coolest people I know. Thanks. I like you. So. If you've ever seen me at a kid's birthday party, I'm being judged heavily. Fuck them bitches. I know. <laughs> I don't fit in with all the soccer moms. It's fine. That's fine. That's their loss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where was I? <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Pierre Eckstein. Yeah. Who runs a support system for students in South Africa told a local newspaper that he believed Slipknot's music to be satanic in nature and that it had influenced the boy to attack the victims. He was also adamant that children be made aware of the dangers of what he calls quote unquote bad music. Everybody has their own opinion. Mm -hmm. So pretty much all metal is what this dude calls bad music. I betcha. I betcha. Yeah, you betcha. <laughs> you betcha. Uh, okay. W well, when he does say the children comment, I do agree that there should be an age limit on that because they do need to be old enough to process that like this is just music and a way to get your rage out or whatever emotion you need and it for not. To be literally applied. Maybe. Not all people listen to that kind of music because of rage, though. I can no. be in a super fucking good mood and oh, listen to some... When I'm in a, like, a badass bitch mood, I, I love to listen to that yeah, stuff so as it's well. not always that. But, but with do... all music, in my opinion... This is just my opinion. All okay. of this is just opinions. It's lyrical content for me. Absolutely. What do the lyrics say and age appropriate from there? But all this shit's marked explicit. It is. So, like... But I feel like they should be able to discern from what's... 
I'm agreeing poetry with you. And, and and just emotions coming mm-hmm. out to what should be and literally interpreted. Yeah. And the well, the good thing about songs is everybody interprets them differently. That's what they're there for. That's why they're amazing. Mm-hmm. But the, I mean, the kid we're talking about was 18 years old. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, that doesn't always apply. That's just mm-hmm. kind of a parent mm-hmm. rule I have for myself. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Yeah. I don't know. We, we lost ourselves for a moment. Yeah. Okay. Slipknot frontman Corey Taylor later issued a response to Harms's actions. Quote, obviously I'm disturbed by the fact that people were hurt and someone died. As far as my responsibility for that goes, it stops there because I know our message is actually very positive. I'm not encouraging anybody to kill anyone. I encourage our fans to express themselves, to stick together, and to help each other. End quote. See? Yeah. Cool people. people. (laughs) (laughs) The parents of Mornay Harms, Michelle and Liza. Okay. Or Lisa. It's a Z. I like Liza. Liza. She's Liza today. Manelli. Whatever. Or Harms. (laughs) Michelle and Liza Harms issued a formal apology to the Pretorius family. Here's a picture of his parents real quick. It says parents. Mm. There's Michelle and Liza. Yeah, she's a Liza. Yeah, yeah. But um, she's kind of garbage. Oh, really? (sighs) Here we go. Okay. The crime he committed devastated his parents. Ovs. Mm-hmm. His mother stated that her son was not a hardened criminal. She said, quote, he was always a caring young man. People are continuously telling us how wonderful our kid is and how much he has benefited others, end quote. How does that make her garbage? How is your son benefiting the world when he's slicing <laughs> them up with samurai swords no, at school? I was being sarcastic. Oh, I was like, Amanda? Sorry. Don't get me started. My bad. I was being sarcastic. It's, she's just, this is a little judgy, but, um, I'm sorry. She just seems like one of those moms whose kids never do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. My kid's not a bully. Yeah. My kid would never bully anybody. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, you, yeah, no, you have to acknowledge yeah, those, that your little those, angels are not always little angels and that they are human and that they make mistakes and there's two sides to every story. Yes. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Mornay Harms has since been released on parole. Okay. I'm a little bit angry about this next part. I'm just going to go ahead and tell y'all I may get upset. Okay. Great. He was released after completing 14 years of his sentence. Of his 20-year mm-hmm. Okay. He has been diagnosed with a mental illness, which, you know, okay. Manders called it. <laughs> but Correctional Services has determined that he is not a risk to society. I got a picture of him now. All right. For y'all to look at. Yeah, let me see it. There he is. Him now. He, um, I bet there's a ponytail back there. There's definitely a ponytail. Yeah, the way the hair's parted. I'm With pretty sure gel. there's a ponytail. It's probably curly. And no, it's frizzy. Look. No, it's yeah, frizzy. it's frizzy. There's some shadow. Okay. Uh-huh. Before getting the release date, he had to appear in front of the Zonderwater oh. <laughs> Management Area Correctional Supervision and Parole Board eight times in total. Wow. Mm-hmm. The family of Jacques Pretorius believes that Mornay Harms was not sorry and never showed any remorse when they attended his parole hearing in t- 2019. 
He was freed under tight parole restrictions on March 3rd, 2022. Uh-huh. Correctional Services has kept the parole requirement private. Okay. They have said he would be monitored and if found to be not complying with the terms of his placement, the department can revoke his parole. Harms' sentence is set to end on March 9th, 2029. So he'll just Great. be free to go forever, 2029. Mm-hmm. But, okay. What? So. Why do you have your forehead in your hand? You killed a kid mm-hmm. with a samurai sword. Yeah. You sliced up a few other people. Mm-hmm. You go to jail for 14 years and they're just like, okay, we're going to send you home. We're not going to let anybody that could be living in your surrounding areas know what the requirements of your parole are. So really there's no one to tell us if you're breaking it because you know that those parole officers are overworked and underpaid and have way too many people to look after. So they're probably not able to check on him as much as they really need to. Mm -hmm. We're just going to let him flounce around and do whatever the fuck he wants to. With a confirmed mental illness. Yes. That I could not find anywhere. Don't know what his diagnosis is, which that's medical and that's really none of my business. Okay. I get the HIPAA thing, but, but not knowing. No, sex offenders are required. Mm-hmm. So well, we don't need to know about everybody's mental illness. We don't. But no. when you're out on parole, running the streets, if you're a murderer, have have killed someone with a fucking samurai sword, right? I feel like that's something that maybe, should be known. Okay, so maybe he needs. Maybe let him out of prison after 14 years. Sure, but maybe but send him to. to some sort of mental health facility where he can learn to live on his own in society with whatever condition it is that he has. Look, they just need to put him with Ed Kemper and Ed will tell him, look, bruh. No, Ed is going to teach him how to murder people. Why do you want people no, to Ed know knows Ed Kemper? That he should not be set out in public. He's like, look, I'm going to kill again. I already know. Don't let me out. Maybe this like, kid's not going to kill again. Maybe he's not a danger to society, but. Yeah, but maybe there's no way for us to know because we don't know what. There's no way to know. There's no way to know because they also didn't tell us what the motive was behind the killing. I couldn't find that. There are a lot of unanswered things, so it's really hard to really um, not knowing all of the details pisses me off. I can't form an accurate opinion. Me either. So I'm just going to be angry about it. Yeah, there's. (laughs) I I, I'm going to make my own assumptions and be angry about it. I want to make assumptions, but I don't know if they're right. And it bugs me a lot. Yep. Okay. I've got one little last little smidge. Okay. Social media is actively talking about it with different opinions, obviously. Sure. A few groups of people are positive about it, while others are addressing the victim not being served with justice that he deserved. Mornay Harms' biography is told in a 24-minute documentary called Samurai Killer. Yeah. I don't know where that's at. I need to find it. Yeah. We'll find it I'm not going to gig right now. No. But. I'm too preoccupied a twenty A 24-minute long documentary? That's it? I can watch that. True. I can watch that. I got 24 minutes. I got 24 (laughs) minutes. That might be all I got. But I got 24 minutes. Happy humping. Happy humping. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Uh, that's my story. Wow. I am like 
right. It was a lot. It was a lot. It was kind of a short story this week, but it was a doozy. It did not feel short. Yeah, that's what she said. (laughs) That's what she said. (laughs) Y'all. I heard it. I heard it when it came out. (laughs) (laughs) No, please. I've got a vape real quick. I'm I'm hot. Are you hot? It's It's hot hot in here. It's toasty. All right. All right. Here we go. Okay. Like a lot, bitches. <laughs> Manson and the Beatles. <laughs> Trigger warning. <laughs> Convinced the Beatles were sending him messages across the Atlantic, Charles Manson used the White Album songs to inspire a series of brutal murders. Yeah. Yay. By 1968, the Beatles had achieved unparalleled critical and commercial success. The album they released in the middle of 1967, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, had been number one in the UK for 27 weeks. And Time Magazine called it a historic departure in the progress of music. Dash any music, quote unquote. I have a photo of the Beatles. Okay. Okay, there were several to choose from, but I really love this photo of them. It's not one of the early, like, clean-cut, black suit, black tie. It, I feel like that's more them. Yeah. Here we go. I love it. Are they cute? Well, my scarf. Oh, my <laughs> scarf. Oh, my scarf. <laughs> yes, this is a fabulous okay, picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love this one. That's great. All right. And now I feel like I need a burgundy blazer. Velvet. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, so there we go. There's the Beatles. It was on the heels of this success that the group traveled to Rishikesh, India for a spiritual retreat with a Maharashi Mahesh. Nice. I did it. You did it. Okay. A chance to get away from everything, quote unquote, as John Lennon would later say. During the retreat, which lasted from February to April. How come I can't do that shit? What the fuck? I want to go. I need a New Orleans retreat from February to April. Oh, baby girl, <laughs> you're speaking my love language mm-hmm. right now. Can we please go just sit? You in leave the house in April before it gets too hot. <sighs> okay, okay, okay. Like it's calling my name. Mm-hmm. It's really calling me. Anyway, so they went to New Orleans for a chance <laughs> to get away from everything. No, that was in India. Mm hmm. The band spent long periods of time meditating and writing songs and emerged with 40 new compositions. Nice. That's a lot. That's a lot of songs. Most of which would be recorded that year. I have a photo of them at the retreat. Okay. Eating dinner. Oh, wow. Okay. Bruh. That looks like a good time. (laughs) You can't (laughs) tell me. (laughs) That looks like a good time. That looks like a great time. Mm -hmm. What's in them balloons up there? Um, I don't need to know. Um, I don't need to know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can you lick the wallpaper? Oh, I'm sure. Like in Charlie and the Chocolate chocolate factory i'm sure yeah it just kind of looks like it i mean it's like schnozberries <laughs> the schnozberries <laughs> taste like schnozberries <laughs> just saying <laughs> around the same time 
thousands of miles away in the sun-drenched hills of Topanga, California, a musician of much less notoriety was writing his own songs. I try to say it seriously, but I can't. (laughs) The man, a 33-year-old ex-con named Charles Manson, had been paroled from the federal prison at Terminal Island the prior year and moved to San Francisco. Uh, so where he traded up for a school bus and ultimately made his way to Los Angeles to seek the fame and fortune in the music industry. He was certain awaited him. Yeah. Okay. Okay, friend. Okay, bro. But I'm here for the school bus. Oh, yeah. Tiny house. Dude, have you seen some of the pictures? Yes. Of people converting these school buses I, into I tiny am, homes? I am so here for it. It's it's ridiculous. It's like my retirement plan. Fabulously Goals. beautiful. And you can drive anywhere. Any freaking where you want to. I would paint my bus black, though. Oh, well, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, no, I like the black. Yeah, black that's, bus. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a picture of Manson if you want to go look at him. Okay. In all his... Musical glory. Those are some fabulous bell bottoms. <laughs> I know. Charles Manson is garbage. Mm-hmm. Those pants are fab. If I didn't know what a piece of shit he was, or how it's like, look, whatever. Don't judge me. He's psycho batshit crazy. He's, <laughs> there you go. Um, but he almost looks normal. I in this would picture. think like, oh, dude, okay, all right, digging the tat, like. He almost looks normal. Stylish in this dude, right? Batshit fucking crazy. Wow. Cuckoo bananas. Cuckoo bananas. B A N A N S. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know bananas grow on trees? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, my four year old. I cannot. <laughs> what? So he, yeah, he picks up, he loves, like, he just picks up these random facts and he tells me stuff all the time and it's wonderful. It's wonderful. But he was watching TV and he was in my room and I was in the kitchen. So he yells across the house, mom, did you know bananas grow on trees? Wait, now I remember (laughs) you telling me this. And I was like, I love it. What? I said, yeah, I knew that. And he said, me too. And went back to watching whatever he was watching. Well, he does now. Yeah. And it was fabulous. It was, it was so great. I love when they share those little nuggets. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, I love to see how you're growing. Yes. That is so awesome. I love learning these little random things that he picks up. (laughs) Well, I mean, if you think about it from a four-year-old's perspective, things grow out of the ground. Yeah. Like potatoes and. Mm Mm-hmm. You don't really think of things that would grow on trees. Yeah. That's cute. I love it. The innocence of it. It's great. Okay. All right. Now back to garbage. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. The Beatles recorded their new songs between May and October of that year. And on November 22nd, released the album as a two-disc set in the U.K., Three days later, the album hit the shelves of in America. Known for the band's name in Boston, Helvetica, slightly below the middle of the album's right side, it quickly became known as the White Album. Each copy featuring a unique stamped serial number. Why are you laughing? <laughs> because. What? <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so stupid. Okay, okay. so 
There's this episode of Friends <laughs> where they're talking, like when they're in college, it's a flashback episode, oh. and Ross and Chandler have a band. Uh-huh. And they're like, yes! Cool flyer. And he's like, thanks to Helvetica Bold 24 points. Oh my God. Oh my God. That's why I love your brain. That is fantastic. <laughs> as soon as I saw Helvetica, I was like, oh shit. This is yeah, it's great. great. Okay. Awesome. All right. So I have a photo of the album, like an actual picture of somebody that uh, posted graciously with their serial number on it. It's a little fuzzy. That's super cool, though. But it's there. I love it. That's it. Super sleek and simple. Mm -hmm. When the album finally fell into the hands of Manson, he raced back to the house he'd procured for his followers, known as The Family. At 21019 Gresham Street in Canoga, Canoga Park. Canoga. Canoga. Yeah. Um, a flat, suburban stretch of the San Fernando Valley, northwest of L.A. And he began listening to it. Mm-hmm. Back to back. Cover to cover. Over and over. Transfixed with the music, he became convinced the songs contained hidden messages. The Beatles were sending directly to him. Of course they were. And once the idea took root, there was no turning back. <clears throat> that shit crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, quote unquote, he believed that the Beatles were the spokesman, record producer Greg Jacobson, who knew Manson personally and even recorded some of his songs. Mm. You know, think back to the guitar photo. Mm-hmm. Um, he told Rolling Stone in a 1970 interview, he believed they were singing about the same thing he already knew about. Okay. He believed they were all tuned in together. They're in sync. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. He thought he would meet, God, now I have in sync songs going through my head. Bye, bye, bye. God. Fuck. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he thought he would meet the Beatles. He even sent them telegrams. <laughs> That's cool, bro. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, we brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ex-Manson family member Diane Lake, in her book, Member of the Family, writes about the impact the album had on Manson. Okay, look, I'm not going to go super into Manson. We have a, a specific episode we are planning to do later. He getting a whole episode to himself. Yeah. So don't get mad at me at not covering all his shit because I'm just doing what pertains to the music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To be continued. Yeah. Here's a little teaser. Mm-hmm. So anyways, um, the rest of the group. No. Where did I stop? He played that album over and over. Um, it also had an effect on the rest of the group as well. He played the album over and over because he wanted it to penetrate our consciousness. Wow. <laughs> Kinky. Okay. The record quickly became a fixture in the background. Bruh, would you please play something else? <laughs> like Alanis Morissette playing Jagged, <laughs> Jagged Little Pill. <laughs> over and over. Like, we love the song, but okay, can you, please, you're wearing it out. Mm-hmm. Manson, who often led his group through LSD-infused orgies and campfire sermons. I mean, sounds like a good Friday night. Ma'am, calm down. (laughs) (laughs) Had been preaching about 
an impending race war between blacks and whites and believe the Beatles music crystallized many of the di- many of the ideas in his head. Dig it. The Beatles know all about revelations and what is going to come down. Late quoted Manson is saying, and they have been sending me messages through their music. They have been looking for me. They know that man's son is here on earth to carry out this mission, but they haven't known who I am. Okay. But what exactly was this mission? Manson so believed the Beatles, who knew nothing of the petite self-style guru. (laughs) Nice description. Right. Um, Expected him and the members to flock to carry out. Like, what the fuck was Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you're getting all this inspiration. For what? For what, Brad? What are we what the fuck are we doing here? Mm-hmm. They talked about it freely around the campfires. Um, said family member Leslie Van Houten. Houten? Houten. Mm-hmm. Um, while incarcerated on murder charges at Los Angeles Women's Jail, the Sybil Brand in- Institute. Okay. Okay, I love the name. In November nineteen sixty-nine. She said they talked about killing piggies. No, thank you, please. There's a reason for that name. Mm-hmm. It's it's not me. That was in quotes, okay? Mm-hmm. Diane Lake says that when Charlie ugh, introduced the White Album, the songs became his shorthand way to illustrate what was going down. The song Helter Skelter, a hard-driving rock number with an especially aggressive vocal performance by Paul McCartney, became the key. Because it sounded like chaos and destruction. From then on, the song title stood as our not-so-secret code name for the race war between the blacks and whites and the coming apocalypse. Okay. Um, Steven, this will probably be a good time to put in Helter Skelter by the Beatles. According to Paul Watkins, a member of the family who served as Manson's right-hand man okay. and chief recruiter of new members, Hi. damn, Helter Skelter would be the first in a series of events that would culminate in the apocalypse. Okay. Okay. In October 1970, under cross-examination at Manson's trial, he laid out the plan. I'm going to say this one, but... Probably after that, I'm I'm going to exclude a lot okay. of his actual quotes. They're so bad. Look, I I know it's not my words, but mm, damn, they're I don't feel comfortable saying them for myself. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, if you want to look it up, go ahead. So he laid out this plan. So quote. So after Whitey goes in the ghettos and shoots all the Uncle Toms. Then the black Muslims come out and appeal to the people by saying, look what you have done to my people. And this would split Whitey down the middle between all the hippies and the liberals and all the uptight piggies. And they would just kill each other off in the meantime through their war. Okay. That's enough for me. Mm -hmm. And that's still a little extreme. I have Mm -hmm. a photo of some family members chilling outside of the dwelling. Okay. It says family. 
Not sure who they are. Uh, flipping off the camera. Yeah. So that's nice. It's, what, is that two, dude, two dudes and three girls, it looks like? It seems to me, yes. The one in the sandals, obviously, well, fuck, they're all wearing sandals. Yeah. Leather jacket. <laughs> yeah. It's trying to be a little inconspicuous, mm-hmm. so that's okay. That's fine. What's in his pocket, though? What's that book? I don't know. It's his pocketbook. Knee slapper. Knee slapper. That was good. I'm such a whore. Way to break that one up. (laughs) Okay. So Manson had planned to lead his family to um, Death Valley. (laughs) LOLSU. It's not okay. No, I don't like Death Valley. You like this one? The LSU is called Death Valley. I can't wait. Now that I think of it associated with Manson, mm-hmm. I'm like, nope, nope, nope. It's not okay that they did that. Anyways, I'm a sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Manson had planned to lead his family to Death Valley, where they would wait out the end of the war in a bottomless pit, okay. a concept Manson had borrowed from the book of Revelation. Quote, unquote, we started from the Revolution 9 song on the Beatles album, which was interpreted by Charlie to mean the Revelation 9, Watkins testified. In Revelations 9, it talks of the bottomless pit. It talks about there will be a city where there will, there will be no sun and no moon. And this was interpreted to mean was the hole down underneath Death Valley. Okay. Okay. In that hole... <laughs> there was a hole. <laughs> and the green grass grows all around and around and the green grass grows all around. <laughs> oh my God. Tell me you're a mom without telling me you're a mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in that hole, <laughs> Manson prophesied his flock would grow to, in number to 144,000 people. That's a very specific number. Very Well, I feel like it could have gotten more specific. I feel like that was maybe just an estimate because of the, all the zeros. Okay. <laughs> you know. Uh, so, anyways, like the 12 tribes of Israel in the book of Revelation. Okay. He said as much when asked about it by Rolling Stone. It was the Beatles' Revolution 9 that turned me on to it. It predicts the overthrow of the establishment. The pit will be opened, and that's when it will all come down. Okay. A third of all mankind will die. The only people who escape will be those who have the seal of God on their foreheads. What the actual fuck? Yeah. But Manson didn't stop there. Of course not. He ascribed a special meaning to each and every one of the songs on the White Album. Obsessed much? Mm, a little bit. Bending the lyrics to fit his own twisted ideology. In mm. Rocky Raccoon, a country ballad featuring Old West-style honky-tonk piano played by producer George Martin... McCartney sings about a love triangle in which Rocky's girlfriend, Lil Majel, leaves him for a man named Dan, who punches Rocky in the eye. Manson, a self-admitted racist, interpreted the tune a little bit differently. Okay. Um, I'm going to let y'all read between the lines because this is one of those I'm just going to... Um, you don't have to read it word for word, just... 
Just uh, the word coon, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's that song. Blackbird, the first song Manson played for Diane Lake, was also about black, black uprising. I love that song. That is a good song. Mm-hmm. Ooh, this one, uh, I'll read a little bit. Uh, he said, don't you see, Charlie insisted, the blackbird is the black man. It's a pl- it's as plain as anything, and now they are ready to arise. Okay. And he doesn't like that. Glass Onion, which even the most novice Beatles fans would easily interpret as a chronological review of the Beatles' hits up until the time of its composition, which, <laughs> yes, same, but whatever, was according to um, family member Catherine Gypsy Cher. Okay. Okay, Gypsy. Uh, pure prophecy. There will be a door of water that will open up for us to enter. You know the Beatles song, Glass Onion. Well, the glass onion is the door of water, and the hole in the ocean is the pool in Death Valley. Okay. Okay, so there's water and a hole and this slippery bananas. when wet. I. <laughs> it's bananas. Uh, Yeah. Some of Manson's followers took things even further, listening to the album Forwards and Backwards, which we know is not a good idea. No, don't do that. Haunting for subtle messages buried in the compositions. Look, if you're looking for something, you're going to find it, whether it's there or not. Uh-huh. Because you're going to you're be going suspicious. To make it fit. Yes. You're going to make it fit. That's what she said. <laughs> stop it. Yeah. Just stop. Family member Clem Grogan. That's not cute. Yeah, Clem. Come on now. Why? Do better, moms. (laughs) (laughs) Do better. Well, he also interviewed for the Rolling Stone piece, and he found it difficult to contain his own racism when asked about Revolution 9, offering his own bizarre interpretation of the spiritual sound collage. College. (laughs) (laughs) Your mom goes to college. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is a little vulgar. At the end of Revolution 9, there's that shout, block that kick, block that dick. All right. There are a lot of black men who want to put their pricks in white women. Jesus fuck. For hundreds of years, the white man has been saying, don't touch my woman. That's like saying you want her, don't you? And so the black man finally believed it, and now he's going to get it. That was oh. a quote, y'all. It was a quote. It was a quote. It was a quote. My <laughs> God. Okay. Uh, I have lots of thoughts and feelings. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Okay, but that's 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 all of that. Okay. okay, okay, moving right along. Moving along. Years after the murders, John Lennon, who was asked about um, how he felt knowing his music might have inspired some of the most brutal murders in the country, but th- that the country has ever seen, it has nothing nothing to do with me. He told Playboy in, in nineteen eighty. This is the kind of shit Playboy does. <laughs> read the article. So do people actually read the articles? Read, I mean. Okay, so that's a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. I mean, it's it's a naked girl in army boots. (laughs) Easy play to call. Easy play to call. (laughs) (laughs) Saving Private Private Ryan. Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so read the articles. Mm -hmm. Manson 
was just an extreme version of the people who came up with the Paul is dead thing or who figured out that the initials to Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds were LSD and concluded I was writing about acid. Okay, another great song. It is a great song. Mm Mm-hmm. Who cares if they were writing about LSD? I'm here for it. I used to listen to that with Matt and Tessa. Hi, it's Matt a great Tessa. song. Hey, Matt. I, I know Matt I don't listens. Know Tessa, I don't but know, I know if, Matt. I don't know if Tessa listens, but if you do, hi, Tessa. Hello. Okay. <laughs> More Playboy. Manson wouldn't be the last Beatles fan inspired by their music to commit a, commit a heinous act. The same year he gave the interview to Playboy, Lennon was shot and killed in front of his apartment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. by Mark David Chapman, douchebag, mm-hmm. a fan who traveled to New York City from Hawaii. <laughs> Ma'am. <laughs> Just making it lighter. <laughs> um, angered by Lennon's view on God, specifically the lyrics to his songs Imagine and God. Hmm. Okay. As for the White Album, its legacy is far-reaching. By 2019, it had been certified 24-time platinum by the RIAA. <laughs> With 12 million copies sold in the U.S. alone, the album is still in high demand, and original copies with low serial numbers fetch hefty sums on eBay. I Hello. Mm-hmm. One fan has even set up a website. All right. Get it. But for anyone who's delved into the strange, dark history of the Manson family, it's hard to listen to songs like Sexy Sadie, Happiness is a Warm Gun, and Dear Prudence without picturing Manson standing before his flock, arms flailing wildly as he preaches the true meaning of the album. Why is he just ruining shit for people? I know. Why you gotta fuck up the Beatles, bro? Mm-hmm. Stop it. Lame. Stop it. Stop it. Boo okay. You. So there's that. Well, mm. in my humble opinion, yeah. I don't think the music had anything to do with no. any of the things we've talked about today. No, no. It's just an excuse. Temporary insanity. I mean, it's kind of the same thing. You're just making excuses. Mm-hmm. For decisions you made. But this is a pretty cool episode. Alright, well, so now that we're done. Thank God. Let's have a little douche box. Okay. <laughs> let's see what this brings. I'm a so, little worried. <laughs> this is coming to you on September twenty first, right? Am I right? Scott Lee Kimball. Born September 21st, 1966, is a convicted serial killer from Boulder County, Colorado. He is serving a 70-year sentence after pleading guilty in 2009 to the murders of Casey McLeod. McLeod? McLeod? Okay. I'm, I'm sorry, Casey. I don't, I don't know how to say your name. 19, Jennifer Markham, 25, Leanne Emery, 24, and Kimball's uncle, Terry Kimball, 60. All four victims died between January 2003 and August 2004 mm-hmm. while Kimball was on supervised release oh. after a prior check fraud conviction serving as an FBI informant. Oh, great. Well, 
Markham remains missing and is presumed dead while the other three bodies <gasps> were recovered in remote Colorado and Utah locations. Oh my gosh. Poor Jennifer Markham. They haven't found her body, but they found the others. They, they've just presumed her dead. So bro looks like a pervy Santa Claus. Okay. With a bald head. Scott Lee Kimball. Let me look him up. Yeah, I already got him on Google. All right, let me give it a Goog. Spells it the most basic of ways. Well, how else are you supposed to spell Scott Lee Well, all Lee I typed Kimble. in was Scott Lee, L-E-E, and Kimball came up immediately. Yeah. Okay. Man, his head is shiny. How'd they get his head so shiny? Um, They make astringents for that. Like, <sighs> That's not cute. He looks like a scary Santa. Yeah, I told you. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like him. Mm-mm. Over a two-year period, investigators strongly suspect him in as many as 21 other unsolved killings. Okay. Well, you truly deserve the douche box, oh, Scotty Kimball. Oh, yeah, bro. So. Ew. Yeah, that's that. Because people. <laughs> May need a detox from this one. Right. So, we still need spooky stories, friends. Yep. Send those in so we can do super badass, awesome Halloween episode with stories from you guys mm-hmm. about all the ghosty things and the murdery things and the cryptid things. And all the shits. Any of the strange and unusuals. Yeah. We, we like all of it. Yeah. All of it. Aliens. Yeah, and we don't judge. UFOs. Mm-hmm. Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Crop circles. We're here for it all. Ooh, crop circles. We're here for it all. So send in your stories, no matter how, no matter how short they are. Mm -hmm. Even if you just got a little tidbit you want to send us, send me your tidbits. (laughs) Send me them tidbit pics. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. On that note, um, yeah. So send in stories. Follow on the socials. Rate and review. Yeah. Just, just a little... Reminder, the um, Spooky Stories deadline is September 30th. Get it together. All right, friends. Um, Bye. Yeah, we're going to go. Okay, bye. Thanks for hanging out with us. Don't forget to visit us on Facebook and Instagram for episode picks and announcements. Please rate and review on Apple, Spotify, and Facebook. We want to give a huge shout-out to Stephen Goetzky for editing, Craig Weaver for music, and our very own Amanda Hagen for art. We'll talk at you next week.